Welcome, welcome. It's almost here, the end of 2020, but with uh, with the end of a terrible year comes our favorite episode to do. Welcome in to Buy Order of the Peaky Blinders. I'm Daniel, he's Josh, and we have come to the episode that everyone has been asking about because as the year goes by, 2019 was a fun one. We had a lot of great shows. It comes by again. We've got a lot of you know listener input. I've got some lists from some people of their shows of 2020. And so that's where we are here. Our favorite shows, our top 10, probably the hardest thing that I've had to do in, in weeks, in weeks, Josh, is, is li- like dial down this, this list of a lot of shows that I've watched in 2020 to my top 10. How about you? Is it easy or hard? It was hard. Like sometimes you just forget like how long it's been since the start of 2020 and what shows you've watched and what was in 2020 and what was in 2019 since, you know, ever since I was a kid, you kind of like, you characterize your years and school years. So yep. it's like August to, to like May, June is like a year, but you forget that it's just January to January. So a lot of those shows that were kind of in the beginning of the year in 2019, you kind of forget if it was 2020. So that was the hard part for me. Like, for example, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, I forgot that was 2020. That wasn't 2019. That was like in the beginning of the quarantine when we were like, are they going to put out, are they going to put out shows? And they actually made a couple COVID uh, innuendos, little comments about COVID within the show. So the hand sanitizer. Right. Exactly. With like Richard and, Oh, we, we, we have, we have, there's a, there's a virus going around. Uh, So it's, it's been a good year of TV that's been chugging us along through this tough time through this pandemic, but you know, happy to be breaking it down. I would say that it's been a a great year for TV, for new TV, because the one thing that I think is going to be constant on both of our lists, and I made sure to like put an extra bold on the shows that I have on my list that are new. Not a lot of shows were able to come back this year, right? Like the successions and even billions that it gave us like half of a season. A lot of our favorites are pushed, Atlanta, shows like that. And so we had to get a new wave of upload and, you know, hunters and unorthodox and a lot of new shows that are, are teeming around our lists. Some of them may be on it, some of them may not. But for me, I thought this was a fantastic year of television. I thought it was a, an off year for movies. You know, obviously with, with COVID, it was hard for movies to come out, but I just watched Wonder Woman last night. I don't know if you've gone around to see the Ooh, sequel I, of Wonder Woman yet. No, how was it? It, it was a DC movie and, and you know, it, it has I, its moments. I've heard- some pretty bad bad things about it but i personally am not a fan of the marvel dc stuff as i've gotten older just kind of it's kind of diluted like the content is super diluted like it's not as good like when the first spider-mans and i mean came out like those were great like they were super good and like there's just so much of it coming out now that it's like hard for you to appreciate it you know i respect your take i think marvel movies are elite i i think they're the best they're still good and like the production is elite and like the the cgi effect is still elite but i just get like they're all like the same the same thing happens it's the same outcome but that's like what it's supposed to be when it's a comic like that like it's supposed to be happy go lucky good ending you know the hero ends up on top not always but most of the time yeah i mean they're all pre-scripted literally right they they had comic books that were made and that's why i think the dc ones i don't really connect with as much it had its moments i love gal gadot 
Um, but there's a reason why DC hey, is DC and hey. Marvel is Marvel. I know. One our for Israeli, the tribe. Israeli one, one for the tribe. We definitely, we are a pro Gal Gadot uh, uh, podcast. No doubt about that. Well, if you're just tuning in for the first time, happenstance, we're a Peaky Blinders podcast. Last year, we were able to cover the entire season five of Peaky Blinders. Looking forward to season six when it comes out, maybe end of 2021. But we're trying to fill everyone's days with something. I know podcasts aren't necessarily a uh, commute to work kind of thing anymore. But if you're just working out or you're walking around the house, that's how I usually listen. Welcome in. I'm Daniel Gilman. He's Josh Levy. You can find us at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. You can send us your thoughts at B-O-O-T, Peaky Blinders at gmail.com. And for all of our Patreon members who are able to watch Josh and I and be able to follow us during all of our bonus episodes, we do post a lot of our video podcasts onto our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash by order of Peaky, $5 a month. And we really appreciate it in this very, very trying year. It is, you know, obviously much appreciated for everyone who can help us out and just trying to give you guys a little bit extra entertainment every single day. And so last year, Josh, we had our top shows of 2019, Succession, Reign Supreme. It was, you know, just the best show, I think, in my opinion. And, and with no Succession in 2020, with no Peaky Blinders, it, it really leads to a clean slate. I don't know about you, but I only have three shows that are not newcomers to the TV show world on my top 10. And one of them took a few years off and that's the one that you know we, we covered in Fargo. So that, there's no doubt about that, that that's gonna make my list. Yeah, I have a couple repeats that were just new, like new seasons. Uh, but I do have some, some new shows that made a nice breakthrough in, in 2020 and emerged onto the scene. So I think we have a pretty different list. We, I, I don't know, we have, we have a couple of the same, but uh, why don't you start it off at uh, 10? I was going to say, so before we do 10, okay. this, year, this year was really tough for me. I have an honorable mention, a pretty hefty honorable mention. We'll leave that to the end. But I do have like uh, bubble teams, right? So if we're going to have a, a bracket for March Madness, since we didn't have a March Madness in 2020, we'll do that. I've got a battle, like a first four battle for all of you college basketball fans out there. So for the teams that just missed out on the tournament a couple of years ago, this new year in the last couple of years, they've had like a play-in game. So I've got a play-in kind of format here sitting on the outside. And, and I don't know, are you gonna you, you following along with this? You, you got a couple of shows that maybe just Definitely. missed out, just Definitely. missed out. I have, I, be- I have four shows that missed out. So I'll have them go head to head against each other as like the constellation one through four seed. So let's do that. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so for me, right off the bat, the uh, the one that just missed, I mean, first out, first out is Better Call Saul. And I think that's a situation uh, that's, where if I had just watched thing. it, yeah, if I had just watched it, it would be in the top five, but it, the months have gone by and I couldn't find a place to put it. I think it's, it, it's gonna be favored by about 14 points in this playing game. But I have to think that it's going to get in when all is said and done. But that's going to go up against Hunters, which is the uh, the Amazon Prime Al Pacino show about killing Nazis. And, you know, I'm a big killing Nazis guy. So that that's those are two shows that I really just had sitting on the edge, on the precipice. And at the end of the day, I, I think Better Call Saul will probably power its way, maybe even all the way to the Sweet Sixteen. That's that's a that's a good call. Definitely a Cinderella story, an unlikely Cinderella, a Cinderella, a down year 
for a better better call Saul, so to say. So that's that's a good pick. I actually didn't. I'm still behind on Better Call Saul. Okay. I didn't watch this most recent season. It's just one of those shows that it's like, oh, like I don't have anything to watch. Let me just pick it back up. It's a Teams phenomenal. Sleep on them, you know. They sleep on Better Call Saul, and you, you go into their tough Albuquerque territory, and you get blown out. It's a it's a phenomenal show. It's just slow sometimes, and that's the way that Vince Gilligan is. If you guys don't know, he's the the director of Breaking Bad, also the, the director of Better Call Saul, and he likes those slow moving plot lines dragged right. out through a season, and that's his style. The the really quirky camera angles, quirky dry black comedy kind of kind of plot and that's why i haven't been able to finish it also with if, if you've listened to the podcast before you know my situation i just moved into an apartment i had to battle for the tv a lot at my old house so i wasn't able to watch all the shows that i wanted so i i'm definitely going to pick up on better call saul uh soon phenomenal show so i agree with you on my end i had four shows that just missed it so my four shows were tiger king Unorthodox, Rick and Morty, and Haunting a Bly Manor. Those were all shows that I really, really liked. Tiger King was so freaking long ago, it feels like, but it was in the beginning of, of the pandemic. And just because of the style of the show, that it wasn't like a, a plot. It was kind of like a docu-series, so to say. I, it, was I, do- I, it was, I would call it a documentary. Yeah, documentary I, just, I just couldn't put it into my top 10, so... Uh, I, I guess I would have Tiger King versus Haunting of Bly Manor. If those of you who uh, watch The Haunting of Hill House, really, really good, interesting, scary shows make you make you jump every now and then. Haunting of Hill House was much better than Haunting of Bly Manor. That released, I think, in 2018 or 2019. But Haunting of Bly Manor was really good. I just didn't really love the ending of the show. I'm not going to spoil anything for all of you who uh, who didn't watch. So... I think Tiger King would probably etch out Hans Go Blind Manor just of the insanity that went on with uh, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. I'm sure I'm sure everybody listening knows exactly what happened in Tiger King and 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 the hilarity that is still ensuing over the Carol Baskin and her missing husband. I mean, who, who knows what dead, happened? Dead husband, yeah, yeah. Definitely, 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 she was involved. Tiger King was just so interesting, and just the time the time that we saw it was much needed so that's going to edge it out and and be my cinderella possibly maybe go to the sweet 16 and i like I have, that i have my in my constellation my two versus three unorthodox versus rick and morty and rick and morty i just i didn't love the season compared to the past but it was still it was still rick and morty you know i have a tough time with it because it's the same thing with the good place right I, the good place the season started in 2019 and finished in 2020. I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't put it anywhere near it. Right? And then Rick and Morty, the first half of the season was in 2019. And then they right. just released like four or five episodes in 2020. So that's in, in like, yeah. I, I guess you can call that. It wasn't as good. I think the second half, the one in 2020, was much better than the yeah, first the, half. The toilet, the toilet episode with Jeffrey Wright yeah. was elite. And then the one with uh, Paul Giamatti, too. Yes. Was also yeah. an, an elite episode. So, uh, and then it's going against Unorthodox, which was the short series on Netflix about the uh, Orthodox Jew who kind of wants to go out of her, crack out of her shell and flourish into the world and kind of break away from her family. And it's a, it's kind of a sad, really. Yeah. Based off of a book. It's kind of dark. Emmy award winning. Really good. That's on my honorable mention as well. Yes. So I think that that's going to etch out Rick and Morty just because 
it's a new season. It, it was it was by itself. It wasn't just like random season in Rick and Morty. So Tiger King and Unorthodox going against each other. I think I'm gonna have to go with Tiger King just because it was just insane. Yeah, so that's gonna King. be my, yeah, that's gonna be my honorable mention. So we're not even cra- we're not even scratching the surface right now. Yeah, that's like the last in, the last in for you. I, I guess my two versus three, if you want to throw that in quickly, would be a pair of shows that I really loved. I just, I couldn't put it in my top 10. And one of them is a foreign language show on um, Apple TV Plus that was called Tehran, which is the okay. writers of Fauda, which is a show I've talked about before, a Hebrew show. Tehran was half Hebrew, half thing. Arabic. Yeah, it's good. It takes place in Iran. It's about an undercover spy who is Israeli. Really liked that one. And the other one is something that I'm, I'm just watching right now. I haven't even finished it, but I love it. It's called Manhunt. And it's the second season of that Unabomber Manhunt show from a few years ago with the guy from Avatar. We, had just, year, we had just talked about it, I think, on our, on our Patreon about yep. potentially starting that show because I really liked, I really liked the, uh, the, the, the Unabomber one. Well, oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's based off of, off, of, off the Richard Jewell saga, which you said that you're that you were at as a young kid. Yeah, it's really it, I love I watched it. I mean, I have two episodes left. It's really good. It covers Richard Jewell. It, it's everything the movie is, but with so much more because it can do 10 episodes. So it's got the Richard Jewell side. It's got the Kathy Scruggs, the reporter side. It's got the Eric Rudolph side, the bomber who you know went off and bombed three, four more places it's it's really an encapsulating show and the main fbi character the big uh you can't really call him the big bad but you know who it is it's renly baratheon from game of thrones you gotta love it you gotta love seeing some some game of thrones cast and characters coming through especially in in an american setting because those guys really just don't really break through in, in the american setting so that's that's awesome to see yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, Better Call Saul, I had it in. I forgot about one show that we'll talk about. I had to bump Better Call Saul, but I've got to put that in as my, that's going to be my, my fringe team. That's going to, you know, eke out all the other honorable mentions there. But let's dive into the list here. The list, the list, the list, Josh, because I, I have no confidence. Honestly, I'm looking at my list right now. I'm happy that we're not in some sort of television display that has it under us because I may be calling audibles as we go at the moment, to be honest. That's understandable. I'm still thinking about it. I mean, like right before we jumped on, I, I had to, I like forgot about a show, how to put it in, how to, how to bump some people down. So I guess I'll start because I have as, as 10 for me, one of your shows and your audible mentions, and that's Hunters. Hunters, I thought was a great, great, great show. Really, really cool show. I mean, Al Pacino was great. The, the rest of the cast was great. It's dark. I love, like, the cinematic effect of, of a lot of it. Like, you know, when, like, when there's, like, killing in a show and they, and they like, make it kind of slow motion and it's just, I don't know. I just thought, I just thought it was really cool. I thought it was really well done. The storyline was great. A nice cliffhanger at the end of season one leading into season two, which, which I love that because it's going to get me to watch season two, obviously. And some really, really great plot twists that I did not expect. So, I have Hunters at, at, at coming in at 10. You know, when I first saw the preview for it, I thought it was going to suck because I didn't think that, that Al Pacino was going to be able to pull off that, that character, but he did a great job. I will tell you, I was the opposite. I was as excited about a show as possible when I saw that it's got these, you know, 
these characters that I really, I mean, these actors, I should say, that I really like. It's got Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother, Al Pacino in yep. a Nazi killer kind of role. And I found out that it was an executive producer, Jordan Peele. So all of these things combined, Logan Lerman is the main boy. He's from so many shows that I've liked or movies like Fury. And he was in that, uh, he was in that like sky high movie. And, you know, when we were kids, Percy Jackson, he was, all he this was stuff. the Percy Jackson. Yes. Which is one, yeah. one of my favorite books from when I was a kid. Not to mention um, the Jimmy Buffett movie called Hoot that I used to, I probably watched. It a few ah, times yes, up. yes. Yeah. Yes. The one with uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. He's, Listen, like Logan Lerman is he he's good, but his character really annoyed me in in that show. And so but he does what, a good job at that. And Saul Rubinick is great, but what kept it off my list was the show was just not consistent enough. It did a really good job in the final three minutes of every episode to get you to click next. And that's why everyone watched it so fast. I feel like if it was a week by week show. I might have had more of an appreciation for it if it gave us five days to to ponder every cliffhanger. Ultimately, you know, without spoilers here, the final cliffhanger was incredible. And season two, if it happens, when it happens, whenever the, the plans are for that, will be great. I think there is a season two in the in the makings. But just left off my list. I appreciate yours. We don't have to talk too much about my 10 because you kind of explained so much of it. It's Tiger King. I gotta put Tiger King on there. It encapsulated a nation. My family was obsessed. This was a time that we're gonna have to tell our kids about, right? It yes. was a time, it was a time filled with nothing. I mean, we did nothing every day, all day. And then this show comes out and we were absolutely, like I said, you know, enamored by every twist, everything. It was, it was a, a non-documentary documentary and everything about that had me saying at the moment, I, I remember saying, Josh, this is going to make my top 10 list when we talk about it in December. So I had to cling Absolutely. it on, even though, even though there were so many better shows in terms of the totality of it, the end of Tiger King was not good. It was just two episodes of boringness at the end. And then, uh, and then it had like a looking back kind of thing. But I mean, from the Scarface guy to the dude who had his brain blowed out, like blown out on camera to the, the jet skiing fat guy. I mean, it, to so to the woman who got her, like, her leg torn off by a tiger and it still worked the place. And loved everything. That, yeah, the, but, the or was it an arm? I don't know. It was an arm or a leg. I something. don't know. So, lost something. I think in, in, I have to put it with Tiger King there, is the Michael Jordan documentary. Because that was the same Ooh, kind of time. It I was the only totally sports. Forgot. Lo the last dance. The only sports at that time. It was the only thing that everyone in America was watching at 10 o'clock on Sunday night. And so I got to put those two things together because in my memory, that's about all that happened between April and July of 2020. No, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. All right, let's hear number nine. So number nine for me is a show that came out not too long ago on Netflix called Ratchet, which is, it's a prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest based off the character Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is a classic with Jack Nicholson and Mickelson, sorry, wait. Mickelson Nicholson I always I always freaking botch that but uh Ratchet is was really good it's that it's dark it's freaky it's not scary it's just kind of creepy um really good cinematic effect really good job of you know it's, it takes place I believe in the 40s and or, or late 40s early 50s yeah I think it's 1947 I'm right and it. it does a really good job of making you feel like you're in that time period with like the, the clothing, 
you know, when it's like a lot of color, like they're, they're wearing like, like, like that, that aqua blue, like, you know, gowns and, and, and whatnot. It's super, it's super good. Um, it's Sarah directed Paulson. by Ryan, Ryan Murphy, who's done, you know, American crime story and, and so many others, fantastic, you know, pieces of, of art, if you want to call it that, like, like Glee and, and the prom movie that just came out on Netflix and all right. that. Sarah Paulson stars in it as Nurse Ratched. She is so good at playing that freaking weirdo. Like she plays very weird characters, very odd characters. She's an American horror story playing those kind of characters. So really good show. Um, you you have the, the, the creepy, scary type, but I, I definitely highly recommend that if you haven't seen it, watch it. It doesn't take too long to watch. Great plot development. It's violent, but uh, it's, it's very good. That's why it's coming at number nine for me. No, I've actually seen a few episodes. This is on my to-do list, you okay. know, with 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 the uh, significant others. So Corey Stoll is great from from House of Cards, and it it's definitely on the watch list. It's got good reviews on IMDb, and it's a great choice. It's a great choice. I think uh, I think at number nine, it's a good spot to put it for me. At number nine, I put one of my favorite shows, but once again, I I took a po- a couple points off for shows that were returning, just just for some reason. So for my number nine, I probably took a few points off for the shows that were returning, maybe for no reason, maybe just to add a little bit of flair. But I thought maybe this season was not as good as previous seasons. The ending of it was fantastic. And it's Yellowstone, the Kevin Costner show that once again, I think America really fell in love with in 2020. And and I think that, uh, I think it's something that you should put on your list, Josh. Yellowstone, I don't want to talk too much about it because when you do watch it, it'll be like one of those, Daniel, you, you were right, this show is incredible. I've heard great things and I need to get around to it. There's a lot of things you need to get around to, but I heard great things. I'm a big big Kevin Cosner fan, so that's that's nice. I mean, this, this is the bottom of our list. So like, we'll start deep diving when we get up to the top of it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into number eight for me. And that's Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's just... Just a, it's such a classic, classic show. I mean, just so funny. We've talked about it at length on this podcast and in little bits that the fact that they're improvising for the whole show, like Larry David is improvising. It's it's just so brilliant. And they're so good at touching the little points in like that. Like everyone who watches that show ends up saying, oh my God, that happens to me in real life. Like, oh my God, like that's, that's, that's something that would happen to me. Kerber Enthusiasm on HBO only 30 minute episodes, very easy watch, very thankless task to watch. You don't have to think too hard. So if you haven't watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, highly, highly, highly recommend starting. It's been around for almost 20 years or so. So Curb Your Enthusiasm this season is coming at number eight for me. That's just too low, Josh. I'm going to go ahead and just say that's too low. I have it at four. It's just, I know it's, it's too low. There there were other, there were other shows that just broke through for the first time that I needed to include. Josh, let me just go through some of the episodes of this season. And it was a long time ago. It aired in January 19th was the first episode. And that was the happy new year. When people say happy new year for too long. Boom. (laughs) Incredible. Side sitting episode is number two. when, When you side sit. I talk about that all the time. Then you've got the trip down to the Caribbean where they went for the beans. The amazing yes. coffee beans had yes. to get the beans. And you he, got, and, and, and then and then he he like takes his girlfriend who he calls fat, or he hears that she used to be yeah, fat, yes. and he finds out that she has an eating problem. Oh my god! And then the the one where his friend gets killed by the Jets, right? Yep, yep. You've got the one the that his Jets. friend is killed by the Jets. For for those of you who don't watch American football, the New York Jets are a franchise that 
have been plagued by mediocrity and below average play for the last 20 or 20 years or so or 30 years or so since Joe Namath played. They stink. They stunk again this year and they ruined their chance again the golden boy Trevor Lawrence who's the the highly touted pick coming out of college and there was an episode where a guy dies and it's he had a heart attack because he was watching the Jets. And it's just so fitting because that's how Jets fans feel. So it was a great season. It was a perfect episode. And then it's all just like culminated in like, welcome to Teatro, Teatro, <laughs> and the ugly section yeah. and Nick Kroll. And it's just like, that one is really good. And then you've got the beep panic where people panic when they're beeped and then they go and they get into accidents and it ends oh. with the spite store. I have that at four. We don't have to talk about it again after this, but, uh, Curb your enthusiasm. Can't wait for you to come back. If you haven't seen it and you start it and you're like, eh, move to like season seven or eight because they took yes, a 10 year break. I and agree. they, they introduce a bunch of new actors and the old, the old seasons just don't have it like the new seasons have it. Right, right, exactly. I, I was going to say that because if you watch like season one, season two, season three, like the, it, it looks so old and like the houses look older and like the appliances look older. It, the comedy just, isn't, isn't as good. I just don't right. know. I don't, I don't think it's as good. So you got that at eight. I've got Upload at eight, which okay. was one of my favorite shows of the year at the time. Once again, there wasn't, I would say the first half of the year, and I don't think it's because of COVID. I just think the first half of the year just didn't have a huge lineup of new TV. And then I think everything that was supposed to come out just piled and piled and piled because it was ready and we needed stuff. So then the second half of the year had a lot, but Upload came out back in May. It was a show on Amazon Prime and it, it featured uh, Robbie Amell, which is the brother of the guy who was in uh, that, uh, shoot, that CW show, uh, Arrow. His brother was yeah. in Arrow. He's, he's a good looking guy. It was a cool show. It was, it's just one of those uh, same creator, um, Greg Daniels as Parks and Rec and The Office and The Simpsons, and King of the Hill, and all that fun stuff. He also did um, Space Force, which was was kind of a miss. But the show was good. It was about if uh, if when you die, you can be uploaded into like a, a cloud format and still live. And so that's what the show was about. I like that at eight. You did your eight. I'm going to jump into seven. Another happy-go-lucky show. I've got a few of these. That's kind of my theme here. I didn't, I didn't put too much melancholy deep drama because 2020 just had too much of that in reality I didn't need it as much in my tv so the good the genuine the feel-good stuff really reigned supreme for me this year and seven is Emily in Paris which is a nice show on Netflix girl from America Lily Collins daughter of Phil Collins Love Lily Collins. she's great she's 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 the daughter in the blind side she's really nice she goes she does marketing in America Chicago she gets shipped out to Paris where she gets like just into these hijinks and all this Paris fun a bunch of Parisian actors and actresses it was a fun show I did not know that Lily Collins is the daughter of Phil Collins wow you learn something new every day every day that's crazy so let's hear seven for you that was a fun show so seven is a show that I just finished that I really love these kind of shows. They're murder, like kind of murder mystery. They show the trial, the lawyering. I'm, I'm a lawyer myself, so I appreciate when they show some pretty good, accurate lawyering going on. And that's The Undoing. The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant was a very good show. Uh, it has, uh, I don't remember what, what the actress's name is, but she's from American Horror Story. She's, she's in every season. Uh, but it's it's you talking about the main 
the main actress in Undoing, or no, no, she's she's just, she's just like a ASI character. Um, Does I'll, she play like the Sylvia, the the reporter, lawyer girl? Who who is she? And Und- I've seen Undoing, so oh, she's um yeah, she she's the uh, friend. Sylvia, her name's Lily Sylvia. Rabe. Yeah, yes, Lily yes. Rabe. She's in she's in American Horror Story. Um, I I like the show a lot. I think the ending could have been a little better, but once again, I agree. It's one of those shows where you're expecting something, where, where you're trying to predict, and it doesn't go the way you like. And what's my motto, Daniel? What do I always say? It's not our like plug and play mystery. It, we're it's, not we're not picking from a freaking menu. We're along okay? for the ride. Right. We don't get to decide how these shows pan out. And so, even though what didn't wasn't the best ending in the world, I can't knock a show. Be- on episode six or seven, I believe it was seven or was it six? Six. I think they're only six. I can't knock a show because the last three minutes weren't as I anticipated. You know what I mean? I liked it a lot. I, I trust me, you're preaching to the choir. I liked so, the undoing. It wasn't a top ten show for me, pure and simple, but I liked it. It was a good show. I could have used a little less than Nicole Kidman sighing. Like running saying, around, running around like, town going, oh, 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 oh my God. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I could have used a little less of that. But nonetheless, she's a great actress. Hugh Grant did a really good job. Really good job. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything about what happens in the show, but uh, really, really good stuff. I mean, HBO just does a great job of of doing these kind of shows. They um, make gold. They they make gold. They normalize. They they make this stuff very realistic, and it, it seems very realistic. So I just want to say welcome to American television to Matilda De Angelis, and I have a feeling she's going to have a bright future. She was the. Uh, she was Elena. Right, right, right. No, she was. She was good. She was. She was good. She was very good. So pretty, that's why. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. So that's why undoing is at seven for me. It could. It, it has the potential to be higher if I like the ending a little more. But I still love the show. Still a top ten show of the year for me. At six, I had Fargo. We don't have to talk too much about uh, Fargo. Fargo is a great show. I I can maybe posthumously move it up my list i'm pulling a josh here everybody i'm taking all the tomatoes i haven't seen the finale yet it's terrible i haven't seen it i haven't seen it you can no longer dog me i got nothing i can't do anything to josh anymore you need to watch it like today i gotta watch the problem is this is the issue when when you commit when you commit to a show with other people this is a three-man program for me and one went out of town, and then I went out of town, and then another person went out of town, and we just haven't all clicked. And uh, this is why I haven't finished so many damn shows or started damn, so many damn shows because I ran into that problem when I was living at home with, with my parents, and they and I take one night off to go hang out with my girlfriend or something, and they take off and finish the damn show, and I'm stuck on episode four left in the dust. Yep, and so that's that's Queen's Gambit. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'll save Fargo for, for Josh's to uh, to talk about later. I think he's got it a little higher than me. So let's hear your six. My six is going to be Dave. The show starred, oh, produced, I'm sure executive produced everything by Lil Dicky. Uh, that show is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an expletive out here, fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. That show is amazing. The supporting cast. Uh, Gata, Gata, Gata. Gata's Gata's real. It's it's just he is Gata. It's awesome. That's his actual hype man. It's TTG. It's time to go. 
Uh, I got to rewatch that. I got to, I, I have it at four. I mean, five. So you have six, I have five. So we can talk about it together. So funny, man. It, like it's, it's amazing. There's so, there's just like so many like, episodes where, where Dave is just like doing the funniest shit. I actually have a little bit of impersonation, but I, like I need to perfect it next time I do it. It's, okay. it's, it's when he is when he's, 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 he's given the uh, presentation and he's like, I just recently learned that Hispanics are called Latinx. I like my chicken tenders with a side of honey mustard. Let's make a million dollars. <laughs> I, I, the show was good. I would say the show was a great comedy for seven episodes. Really, really, really high quality. Hold on. Really high quality comedy for six, seven episodes. Uh, Taylor Misiak, who plays the girlfriend, is great. Andrew He's Santino. Really good, yeah. Andrew Santino, I knew him from uh, – the, the I'm dying up here, the stand-up comedy show that was on Showtime a few years ago. He's good. And then it took that step up, Josh, and it became more than a comedy in the last two episodes and the final episode and the emotions. And if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to, you know, bring in too many spoilers, but real life shit comes in and you realize that, you know, not everything is all peaches and cream yeah. and, and stuff is tough and it's real life stuff. Cream. Peaches and cream. That's a that's a first. Never heard that. What? One. You never heard of peaches and cream? Dandelions and sunflowers, rainbows and I don't sunshine. I don't. I never heard of peaches and cream. Peaches but and anyways, cream. I'm trying to tune in my inner Dave Bird. Got you. And got so you. that's a show. That's a show that we might have to. Let's. How many of our listeners watch Dave? Because if if we get a good amount of people, I would be down to do a little Dave rewatch fun. Like you know, cover oh, half of the sure. season, cover the other half of the season, just for the people who. You know, Somebody suck me. <laughs> it's elite, elite. And yes, Dave is great. That's my five. That's your six. What's your five? My five is Little Fires Everywhere. Another short series based off a novel on Hulu. It's a Hulu original series with Reese Witherspoon and our girl, Carrie Washington, who I just do not like, but because she does a good job of playing the character that I do not like. But Little Fires Everywhere was a great show. It has Charlie Conway from the Mighty Ducks, right? Yep, yep. He, he, was, he was really good. Also a lawyer. He did a really good job of showing emotion in that show. Josh Jackson. Reese Witherspoon does a freaking amazing job. She's such an incredible actress of playing that same role that she always plays, the, the, the stuck-up, spoiled, suburban mom who, in, who just does a really good job of getting, you know, in the thick of everything. Yeah. I love Little Fires Everywhere. I love the way that it ended. I love beginning to end the plot webs that were developing, and that's why it's coming out of five for me. She's just Elle Woods all grown up in every right, role. Right. Except, you know what? She was really good as Bradley Jackson in The Morning Show, where she completely changed everything. Morning Show, I wish I could put it on because I did watch it in 2020, but it was a 2019 show. I enjoyed Little Fires Everywhere. It was a good watch. It was really well made. It was really well written. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm happy okay. it was a short mini series. I finished it. I didn't think twice about it. It was like I put the book down metaphorically and i never looked back but to each their own i think the carrie washington character really turned me off to an incredible amount i just wanted to punch her every time she was on the screen she played yeah. a great she played a great hateable character she did no it, exactly and she, she did a good job and that's why it's, it's a great show coming at five for me and, and, and four is curb so for me so let's hear your four so my four is ozark everybody yes. knows that ozark was that that's, this year that was this year oh was i that? messed up 
What Daniel, was it? Daniel, was it not? Pan, no, it was. I messed up. It was March. Okay, yeah. I mean, I gotta find a spot for Ozark. And full disclosure, is, I still have one episode left. I'm and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna finish it like today. Yeah. I, 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 but I already know that it's amazing and like whatever the ending is of this season, Ozark how, coming over four. How incredible was the Ben episode? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is, That's all you need to say. That's how good a show is when you just have to say like that actor, the Ben episode. That that actor does such a good job of playing someone who is going through like that bipolar personality disorder yeah. like night and day flips a switch and in the ben episode you see that and he's so good at playing that i mean but that that guy is crazy he's he's scared he scares me man he scares uh, me i've never seen someone look more like someone else in tv than tom pelfrey looks like keanu reeves though it is just he, it is creepy. i was gonna say that same thing man he looks like keanu reeves it's crazy like a more grungy type Keanu Reeves, but Ozark, I mean, Jason Bateman just does such a, such a really, really, really good job. Laura Linney also does an amazing job of, of playing those characters. I thought season two was such a step backwards. I was going to quit the show. I mean, I didn't even finish season two. Then when I heard about season three and I saw the reviews, I finished season two. It, it still, it was disappointing to me. But then they put the direction right back on the people that we want the direction on. You know what I mean? We right. got more Ruth. We got Wendy the leader. You know, Marty took a step back. And that's when we got to see that Wendy is the real Walt, you know, Walter White, essentially. She, she just pisses me off. She reminds me of Skylar so much. And like, oh, I see, I, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway. No, it, it's good. I, I it's, it's a big miss by me. I can't believe I forgot to put Ozark on. That's, it, it is what it is, 2020. I've got Queen's Gambit at three. Do you have Queen's Gambit on your list? Uh, Queen's Gambit actually is my three. Oh, beautiful. So this is, a, this is perfect. It's just, it's fitting. So if you want to, if you want to give your take on it, go ahead and then, and then I, and I'll get mine. Yeah. I would like to say, go over to patreon.com slash buy order of Peaky. Josh and I covered it almost episode by episode. We love, and I found out it's Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, not is Anya Taylor-Joy. It is, but, uh, oh, well, that's our girl. Still, we found her first Peaky Blinders representing Gina Gray everything about it. I mean, I've been obsessed with this show since it came out. I've ordered the book. I'm going to read the book. I like chess. I, I like Scott Frank. He's the guy who adapted it. I've heard him do interviews. I've heard Anya Taylor-Joy do interviews. It's everything about the show is perfect. When you think that the show is going to turn into some sort of, you know, there might be a pedophile scene. When the dad looks weird at the daughter in the mirror, it's going to, we'll, we'll probably have a little bit of spoilers here, but it's like, when it turns into a sports movie, every single time that you think something's going to happen, it doesn't, the bad thing doesn't happen. And that's right. the shows like that we need in 2020. We don't need the dad to turn into a pedophile. We don't need the mom to beat up the little girl. We don't need the janitor downstairs in the orphanage to end up being a creep. He could just be a nice guy. And that's what this book and this show was. It was just genuine people and the faults that, that come from success, obviously. Really just... Perfect way to put it. This this show was everything and more. It was different. You know, this show has caused a spike in chess playing, a, a drastic spike in chess playing. I even played chess last week for the first time in like 10 years. And did you use the Queen's Gambit? I don't even remember what the hell the 
Queen's Gambit is. That's the one thing I could say. I, I, I did not know, memorize the pieces and the opening. No, I didn't. And, I didn't. and that's what's great about it. You don't need to follow chess to watch right. it. It's like, it's like a great sports show or movie, like One Tree Hill. I'm watching a little One Tree Hill. You don't need to know anything about basketball to enjoy that or football to enjoy Friday Night Lights. Same thing with here in the Queen's Gambit. They made sure to not put too much chess. They put just enough chess. Right, exactly. It didn't overwhelm you with chess. It had the perfect mix of personal life, personal story, and the, the, the personal triumph, you know, with, with, with the, the chess matches. And as I said on the Patreon account, you know, on, on, on the podcast when, when we broke this down a little bit, I like how it wasn't all dandelions and sunflowers, peaches and cream, as Daniel would say, for Beth Harmon. You know, her life went through a lot of ups and downs. And especially with the chess playing, she didn't win every match. And like, it would have been super annoying if she just won every match and just cleaned the floor with, with, with her competition, but she didn't. And that's why the show really, you know, went to the top and went to the upper echelon and is, is number three for me. And that's, that's saying a lot because it kind of was at the end of the year and for it to jump all those shows, it, it, it says a lot. All right, let's hear your number two. So my number two is a show that Daniel hasn't watched. And I know that a lot of you have watched because it's fucking elite television and that's dark so this was the last season of dark and i don't know what you're waiting for daniel oh no shucks dark is it's art it's a top 10 show of all time for me i've heard people love it i told you i've i've watched the first season or maybe seven episodes of the first season okay then you just don't know good television because time travel for me is it's not it's not about time it's not just about time travel but i'm saying following the time travel you're dumbing it down way too much for people who haven't watched it's not just about time travel it's it's so much more intricate than just time travel okay so get the hell out of here with your time travel bullshit all right i'm done don't you remember me with Watchmen? the ending i i didn't connect with it because the whole time travel everything happening at once but then not happening and all that stuff Shut up. I, shut I up, had a tough up. time with no, it. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not taking, no, go. This, Keep... dark, I'm not taking this dark slander on the pod. What, what made season two really good for dark? It's No, this wasn't season two. This was season three. Okay, what made season three really good for it's dark? Just, it just, the way that it kept, like, I thought it was going to lose itself with how intricate the plot was. The way that it developed to the end and just kind of put everything together over three seasons from the first episode to the end, it's masterful. Completely, completely masterful. And the fact that it's a foreign show and that I had to read, you know, throughout and still watch and like the way there's just so, there's, there's probably like 40 different plot webs that they wove together. And it's great. It's I, just I'll so watch good. it. I'll watch it eventually. Uh, my, my brain has to develop more. That's fine. And I, I kind of went off on you, but I no, will we're not good. take Dark Slander. We're I good. will not take Dark Slander on the podcast, okay? We're good because it's so good. My number two is something that you haven't seen, and it's, it's pretty new. It just concluded two weeks ago on HBO. It's called Industry. And folks, peaky heads, come closer. Come here. <laughs> Industry is phenomenal there's only two ways i can describe it and it's if euphoria had a sequel but instead of people in high school they were first year bankers in london and that's what industry is it's a lot of k a lot of special k a lot of cocaine a lot of workplace arguments a lot of sex and they even have their own zendaya her name is mahala harrod and she is really good she's really good 
The show's really good. I don't want to talk about it at all because I want anyone to may, who maybe has an inkling of an interest or any trust in me, Daniel Gilman, the podcast host, and the shows that I have recommended you, just check out Industry. It's all on HBO Max. It's on HBO, you know, the whatever the, the normal HBO is. It's really good. I, I like it. It was made by these two guys who were in banking and they were like, you know what? I hate this. Let's go. I, I like the, the flary part of banking more than the boring part. So let's go make a show about bankers. And that's what they did. And, and it's cool. And, and it's London twist and it's got the Americans and it's got, um, it's got the Asian guy from Lost who's really good. Ken Long, I think his name is. And uh, it's my number two. I, I really wanted to make it my number one, but something has a special spot in my heart in 2020. So industry is my number two. Josh, what was your number one? I think I know what it is. So my number one, if you guys have listened to this podcast before or the Patreon podcast before, you know that Fargo is my favorite show of the year. The season was so good with Chris Rock, uh, just beyond elite television to be able to, to hold on. Let me, let me backtrack for a second. Chris yeah. Rock, we all know as the funny guy, the funny guy who you can never take seriously. And in this show, you took him seriously. And that is not easy to do. We saw True Detective fail miserably by trying to put Vince Vaughn in a serious role in that season. Failed miserably. And here, Chris Rock coming into this role was masterful. Masterful, masterful, masterful. And then Jason Schwartzman, I mean... Another one, right? We don't see that guy in non-comedies. Right. And he still was able to be funny and be serious. And Chris Rock had his moments where he was funny as well. But the show was just so good from start to finish, as you'll see in the last episode, a great ending. It's that dark comedy, which I love. I've come to realize that that's definitely my favorite genre is the dark comedy. The, 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 the satire is, was amazing. Uh, every season of Fargo has been so good, but this might be my favorite season just because it was a little different. And I just love the, the way that it, pan, it panned out. I, I, I need to do a full Fargo rewatch. I was telling yes. my friends, I was telling my sister about it. I'd love to just, it's been years. I mean, I've only watched each season one time as they came out because I was such a fan of the show by the, I mean, the movie by the Coen brothers. And then you like this crazy array of cast members. You've got Jesse Buckley, who we only know from fucking Chernobyl. And you've got Jason Schwartzman. And you've got the this guy acclaimed. You have two of the most acclaimed theater actors in all of Britain. And that is Jack Houston, who we've only seen before in maybe like Boardwalk Empire, a little bit of American Hustle. He actually plays the bomber in this Manhunt show I'm watching. The, the one who did the, the Olympic right. bombing. And then you also have the other one who... Um, who plays the the Irishman? What's his name again? Crap! Give me a second. Um, you know I'm talking about the the priest. Oh, in uh... no, in Fargo. Who in Fargo? He plays the priest. What's his name? Uh, Why am I blanking out? I'm Ben uh, Ben Wiz Wizshaw, the rabbi, not the priest, the rabbi. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, Sorry, he was great. He was great. Yeah, and so he is like, also he's an acclaimed British. Um, actor like a theater actor he's been in james bond movies and, and he's really good and then you go and you get this random folk singer to play the white dad and then you get these like e iconic emery crutchfield who plays ethel rita and 
these iconic black actors and you mix them all together and then Timothy Oliphant jumps in and you, right. you know I'm talking myself into it and as I watch this finale I'm sure I'll, I'll make a little correction to Fargo on my list it's 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 so good it, every every season is so, so good. good I'm excited for you to watch the finale so we can finally talk about it and, and discuss yeah we'll have a full episode over on the Patreon to discuss we've done every episode of Fargo we'll do the finale over on the Patreon immediately Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's just it's just number one for me. I just love the production of it, and I I I hope that they continue to put out seasons because it just gets gets better and better. And now we go to my number one, and and this is not something that I will. I'm gonna go ahead and, and put a gamble out there that not any of your television podcasters who and everyone's doing a top ten list of 2020 because that's just how it works. No one's gonna have this at number one. Probably no one. And it's, it's when a college football coach from Kansas City gets hired to go coach soccer in London. And it's, it's just the most genuine, smiley, entertaining 28 minutes, every episode, every single minute of every episode. Apple TV Plus really came through big. They snagged two shows on my top 10. Didn't expect to say that. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, get on that ASAP, Josh. Because I heard it's, I heard it's great. I just need to get Apple TV Plus in my, in my apartment somehow. I don't know. Yeah, you got to do it because it, it's just in the origin of this show comes from six years ago where NBC decided to make a five-minute little you know, promotion because they've been able to finally acquire the rights to air the Premier League. And they'd said, you know what? Let's get this guy from SNL, Jason Sudeikis, to pretend like he is a soccer coach who knows nothing about soccer. His name's Ted Lasso. Let's do it. They did a little five, eight-minute thing. It was funny. He makes a lot of jokes. And then Jason Sudeikis took it under his wing, along with the creator of Scrubs, along with the star of Scrubs, to direct a lot of it. It's it's so wonderful. It's so magical. Zach Braff directs the first episode. Brandon Hunt is the creator. It's got no one that you probably have ever seen in TV except for Jason Sudeikis. And that's what makes it so lovely because you've got all these fresh faces. There's only one other actor that you actually know, Josh, who is in it. And I almost don't want to tell you it because I want you to watch it and I want you to get that like eight, nine episodes in and then me tell you because I looked it up I'll just say there's, there's a Game of Thrones actor in the show and there's not one person that will understand it unless you've seen it and then you have to Google it and then you're like, wait a minute, she's in Game of Thrones? I'm excited. I'm excited. And then you gotta be like, what? And then you look in and you're like, oh, wow, she's in Game of Thrones. And the, the same kind of thing that Josh and I went through in Queen's Gambit with the Harry Potter actors and all of that. Ted Lasso, really good, really heartfelt. Doesn't have the uh, the ending that you think it's going to have, which just makes that's it fine. so much better. It that's makes fine. it so much better. And that's my number one show. And that's our top 10 of 2020. And and we went a full hour, Josh. That was a, that was a good podcast. You know, it's it's hard to, to, to churn out good content with, with puking out around for you guys. So, I mean, even if you're not going to listen in one full sitting, you know, break it up into parts and, and listen to this because th- this, this, was, this was the content that we needed in 2020. Was there any show that you want to give a little bit of credit to that was not yes. near your top 10, but we'll call them honorable mentions? Billions. 
because yeah. I didn't I didn't like this season, this this new season of Billions. I thought it was the, the corniest, cheesiest season of all time. But I still love the show. It's just relative to the other seasons, I could not put it in my top ten. Okay, Billions is a good one. I have Raised by Wolves, which is a new show on HBO that I raved about a little bit over on the Patreon. Also, I put Unorthodox, which was a good little mini series that you had in your you know first four out, and another Apple TV Plus one which was one of those alternate TV shows called For All Mankind, which is what would have happened if the Russians got to the moon first. And wow. it's, ve- it's very much not a like crazy sci-fi show. It's really just like a slow burn of just what Americans would have done next. And what the next plan was, was, all right, now we got to see who can get a woman to the moon first. All right, now we got to see who can get a base to the moon first. And there's all these things that follow because Americans can't lose. And so that's the kind of show that it was very similar to like one of those you know, the one, um, the man from the high castle and stuff like that, with, which is all alternate history. A couple more. I, I couldn't, I couldn't not put some of these. Hollywood, which was another Ryan Murphy show, short miniseries on Netflix. Really cool. Really good. Certain, the new Survivor season was in 2020. And that carried me through some dark, dark days when I binged all of Survivor and, uh, and Manhunt and, uh, and The Last Kingdom. I put Manhunt already. I talked about it. The Last Kingdom is that, that Viking show that I've, I've mentioned in the past. So those are a couple honorable mentions that I just, I had to put because I enjoyed them so much. And yet there was so much good television in 2020. Oh, any final words for the people, Josh? I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what 2021 has to bring. I'm excited to get done with this year. It's the cliche of the century that, you know, F2020, it's in the rear view, blah, blah, blah. I'm excited to bring on a new decade, you know, the, the, not a new decade, because 2020 started the new decade, but a new decade no that was that was the the bracket you know how you know how decades end everything ends in like you know you've got to count the inclusive in 2020 it was it was 2011 to 2020 that was the decade now we're starting from scratch happy new year's everyone how many shows did you watch in 2020 was it more than me because i watched 52 definitely so, not so i'm sure I, there's someone out there i'm sure we've got some some patreon fans who are dedicated tv show watchers did you watch more than me let us know send us all your lists we'll have to do another episode where we go through some people's lists and and really break down the differences and the similarities i still haven't finished the crown would love to see if that could maybe sneak into one of my honorable mentions because that's like you said another slow burn kind of show haven't gotten through that same with the mandalorian I've got one episode left of that. There's a chance that that, you know, could find its place on my, uh, on my, whatever you want to call it, post, post list, post podcast list. But there it is, our top 10 shows of the year. Have a fantastic New Year's Eve. Stay safe, stay safe, everyone. Wear masks. But you know what's easier than wearing masks, Josh? Just not even leaving your house. That's the best thing. Have a great night. Have a great year. Talk to you again in 2021. He's Josh. I'm Daniel. We binge. See you